Today's reading from God's Word can be found in the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, If you have your Bibles with you, please turn to it. You'll also find it on the screen behind me. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at 12, verse 31. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. This is God's word. Great. Well, good to see you all. Let's uh, bow our heads and pray together as we look at God's word. Father, thank you for these words. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that uh, we can know you. We pray that you would speak to each of our hearts today, uh, encourage us, uh, challenge us, and make us hear what we need to hear. Uh, Thank you that uh, you are the living and speaking God. Please help me to speak. Uh, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Well, 1 Corinthians 13, we're doing a a series on chapters 12 to 14 about spiritual gifts. Although my guess is when you heard the reading, you maybe thought yourself at a wedding. This is one of those very famous chapters, isn't it, that you hear at weddings or funerals, this great chapter on love. And we know what it says. Love is the most important thing. And in a way, I don't need to preach it. And it's so beautiful that I will probably ruin it for you. But, you know, it's, uh, it's God's word. And I think we need to hear this. Um, certainly, love is not necessarily the most popular thing in Hong Kong. I mean, people sing about it, but I talked after the men's group yesterday with uh, one of the guys. He found work so unchristian because it's all about being competitive, right? Me trying to be better than someone else or our company trying to be better. It's not about others. It's not about love. And then, uh, yeah, then suddenly a chapter of love, 
is what we need to hear. Maybe we bring our, what we see around us every day into the church. But also we need to hear this, yeah, because we are doing a series on spiritual gifts, and that is what this is about. You don't hear anything about marriage in this chapter. You hear a lot about prophecy and tongues. Uh, this is addressed to a, a church in Corinth, a church that's in a mess, a church that has loads of spiritual gifts, but they are proud about it, they are jealous about it, they are fighting over it, uh, they want to have the spectacular gifts for selfish purposes, and Paul wants to, well, sort them out. Paul wants to get them straight. And that is, uh, yeah, what we need to hear. Uh, well, verse 31, you heard it. Eagerly desire the greater gifts. You know, there are some gifts that are important and some are less important. And, you know, desire those greater gifts. And yet, in all this, they're missing something much more fundamental. Uh, verse 31b, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Look, there's something even better than the best gifts. And hence we get this poem about love. It is a poem, it's really, it flows so beautifully, it's wonderful. But again, this is not something that was there already. This was not a famous poem about love that Paul inserted here. This is what he wrote for the Corinthians. That is why it talks about gifts and tongues and prophecy and why we get this very specific description later uh, in the middle of it. So it's part of this letter and we should read it in context. So, yeah, what is Paul saying to this church that yeah, has all these gifts and yet is uh, struggling with it? Well, gifts without love mean nothing, first of all, verses 1 to 3. Gifts without love mean nothing. And that's how he starts. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Uh, speaking in tongues was their favorite gift. And Paul says, you know, if I can speak in, in other languages, even the language of angels, without love, I, well, I'm a resounding gong. I'm just an annoying noise. Imagine the baby room taking over the drum kit. Uh, that's, you don't want to hear it. That is speaking in tongues without love. Uh, even more, uh, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, uh, I know all the deep secrets, if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. Uh, I don't know how many mountains you have moved. Uh, no. If I have the greatest gifts, if I can do all that and without love, I'm nothing. Uh, what is uh, the favorite gift for you? Uh, miracles of, of healing, uh, raising people from the dead. You can do all that, and without love, it's still nothing. You get a personal message from God ten times a day. Without love, it's nothing. You understand every book of the Bible. Without love, it's still nothing. Or uh, the greatest sacrifice. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast... Uh, look at me, how, how much I sacrifice. If I do that not out of love, it's still nothing. I gain nothing. Uh, they were so obsessed with gifts. And Paul says, look, you can have the greatest gifts. Without love, it's nothing. It means nothing. Now, that, that challenges us. Uh, because we, we are quite result-oriented, right? We, we like results. 
And if someone makes results, it must be good, right? It doesn't really matter how you get there as long as you get there. And certainly, if we talk about miracles and spiritual gifts, doesn't that make you spiritual? If you, can, if, you, if, you get message, if you can prophesy, surely you're a very spiritual person. That's what they thought. I want to have these great gifts. Look at how spiritual I am. But no, not necessarily. We think if it works, it must be good. But is that true? Just because you can do miracles, is, are you a man of God? Sometimes. I mean, Jesus says, look at my miracles. I'm the Messiah. Uh, Paul can say, well, look at my sacrifices. I'm a real apostle. But not always. Uh, think of a guy like Samson in the Old Testament. All these gifts. He was so strong. And yet he was immoral and proud. And he had a very bad temper. And he was not a great role model. Uh, here are some verses from Matthew that uh, are very challenging. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, says Jesus, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. By themselves, gifts mean Nothing. It's about, well, the, the heart, deep down. Uh, God cares more about your heart. And, yeah, some people, they seem to do miracles. They have shady finances, some famous preachers. Doesn't mean they're a man of God. It's about the heart. Uh, gifts without love mean, mean nothing. It's a challenge for me. Uh, you know, I preach a sermon, and I get three people saying, oh, I really like your sermon. And then I think, oh, I'm... I'm that's great. God must be happy with me. Otherwise, he wouldn't bless it. I mean, if God blesses it, it's because he loves you. doesn't mean that I'm so spiritual and I'm so great. It's about your heart. And that's the challenge for us. What is your heart like? And the fruit of the Spirit is more important than the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts without love mean nothing. And, and is that the Corinthians... Is it true that they are, well, gifted without love? Well, yes, absolutely. And we get that from verses 4 to 7. Now, these are the most famous verses, isn't it? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And, and yeah, we read this at weddings, and we all go, ah, love, ah. The thing is, we only read this chapter, and we haven't read the rest of the book. What happens if we read a few verses from earlier on in the letter? That will make it interesting. So here's a few verses from earlier in 1 Corinthians. See if you spot a pattern. Uh, 3 verse 3, you are still worldly. For since there is envy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Uh, 4 verse 7, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? 5 verse 2, and you are proud Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? Uh, 11 verse 4, every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. 
It's the same thing as having our heads shaved. Uh, 10.23, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And that is the tone of 1 Corinthians. If you have this letter read, it's, yeah, he has to rebuke them a lot. And now we see 13 verse 4. And love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, etc. Uh, this is Paul's point. Love is the opposite of you. Look, Corinthians, look at yourselves. You, you're self-seeking. That's not love. Love is not self-seeking. Uh, you're proud. You boast. That's not love, right? Hey, you think you're so great because of your gifts. Well, gifts need love. And if you had love, you wouldn't be like this. Uh, these verses are a, are a rebuke. It should make them ashamed. I mean, not that every single person there did all of these things, but yeah, love is, is other-centered. And these guys were basically self-centered in all these things, and hence envy, pride, dishonoring others, uh, irritable, resentful, etc. And then, please don't ask me to preach this at your wedding. Maybe you're engaged and you want me to preach this. I don't think it would be a nice sermon, a very helpful sermon. I'd have to point out all the selfish habits you have and then say, well, love is not like that, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's probably not what you want to hear. But that is what Paul is doing. Guys, gifts without love mean nothing, and you, well, love is the opposite of you guys. Hey, you need to change. You need to, to do something. And hence, yeah, uh, this is what love is like. I guess it's for us a helpful thing to memorize, right? Um, we need to learn to love. I don't know what it is for you. I'm sure when Paul was here, he would preach something else. We have our own sins. But love, you know, it's the opposite of you. But why is love then so important? And that's, yeah, from verse 8 onwards. And the answer is, well, love lasts and gifts don't. Love lasts and gifts don't. And Paul takes the long-term view as often. I've said it often, you need to think a thousand years from now. And yeah, love lasts. Verse 8, love never fails. And love never ends. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. And all these gifts that you are so excited about and so jealous about and proud about, they will pass away. They'll be gone. And in the future, there will be love, but no more prophecies and tongues. Now, of course, when is that? Why is that? And verse 9 tells us about it. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. And the gifts are in part, but at some point there's completeness. Now, what is that? Some people say, well, it's when the New Testament was completed, and then we don't need prophecy anymore, those kind of things. And so we shouldn't expect these kind of gifts today. I don't think that's right, because verse 12, you get the same contrast. Uh, let's read verse 12. 
For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. The contrast is with seeing face to face, knowing fully as we are known. So, well, I guess we know what it is, right? That is the return of Jesus, the new creation. That is when we will see face to face. The New Testament is, is wonderful. It's not face to face with Jesus. So, yeah, this is what it is talking about. Huh? We, but yeah, gifts only last until the return of Jesus. I mean, just to say, it, it does mean we should expect these things now, because Jesus hasn't come back yet. And we, we should expect to see spiritual gifts in the world today, because Jesus hasn't come back yet. I mean, not everything. Uh, there are some things like the apostles. Apostles were more than just church leaders. Uh, if you read Acts, an apostle is, a, is an authorized witness, personally appointed by Jesus, given divine inspiration to, to understand the gospel without error and those kind of things and communicate it like that. Uh, we don't have them anymore. Uh, some terms of prophecy we also don't have anymore. And... Uh, I mean, prophets can mean a number of things. Sometimes they're linked with apostles. We now have their writings in the New Testament. Uh, they are gone. But the rest, well, it should still be there. Because it's until the return of Jesus. And yet, if we look longer term past that, we should think, you know, these gifts, they don't last. They will disappear. And why? Well, because they're, um, they're partial. It says we prophesy in part. We speak in part. Uh, verse 12 puts it like a, a reflection as in a mirror. Now, mirrors these days are very good. You see a lot. Back then, they didn't have very good mirrors. Imagine you walk past a, past a shiny car. And you can kind of see yourself, but, but not that well, isn't it? That is what yeah, they had back then. And so our, our relationship with God is just very... Limited. It's something, but it's, it's limited. And they thought these gifts, look, this is spectacular, right? Tongues and prophecy. And Paul says, you know, it's just partial. It's a temporary measure while we wait for Jesus. And verse 11 puts it, uh, how does he put it? When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And the word for child here is, is a really young child. Think of a toddler. And you know, to toddlers can really communicate. They see a car and they say, vroom, vroom, and that kind of thing. I mean, there's real thinking. It's real communication. But, but it's not how adults talk anymore, right? You, you grow out of that. And so, yeah, this is... Yeah, these things are limited. You know, maybe you get a message from God once in a while. Wow. In the new creation, you're with God all the time. So much better. Um, tongues. I don't know, I, I can speak in tongues. It's, you know, it's great, but it's, it's also limited. Uh, for some people like me, I, I don't understand what I'm saying. It, it's not that exciting, actually. It's limited. Healings. Someone gets healed. Great. But they will die again. It's all limited. The new creation, that is the real thing. 
And so these are good things. They're not wrong. They're not useless. But they're just limited and temporary. And so they're not that important. Uh, I guess good illustration. This is a reality for many. Family abroad. Many of you, you, you have family abroad and you want to talk to them. Now, technology these days is, is great. In the past, you could just make a phone call. Well, even longer ago, you could only write letters and then phone calls. And now you, you can Skype and you can actually see them. It's great, isn't it? Uh, maybe in the future we get VR, right? And you can put your phone here on your face and you can actually see them even better and move around. Now, I'm thankful for those things. Uh, EJ sometimes goes with the kids to Korea, and it's great that I can communicate with them. I'm glad for these things. And yet, they are limited, right? Five weeks later, when they come back, I'm not going to Skype anymore. And if I don't have Skype in the meantime, you know, I'm not going to be jealous. And I'm not going to be proud if I have a VR headset. You know, it's, it's nice, but it's, it's limited. The real thing that matters is my relationship with them. That is the thing that keeps going, that keeps continuing. And these things help, but they're limited and temporary. And love is not. Love never fails. Love lasts. The love you have now is the same love that you have in a thousand years' time. The person you will be in a thousand years is partly who you're becoming now. That's your love. And not the gifts. So, yeah, love matters. Gifts are good, but they are subservient, right? They are uh, they're something else. And so what we should do, well, 14 verse 1 puts it clearly. Follow the way of love. Yeah, if we know love is what matters, love is the most important thing, love is the most excellent way, well, follow the way of love. Pursue love. Uh, that is the big thing. Uh, what is the most spiritual guy you know? Uh, what is... Uh, yeah, some questions. Well, what is the most spiritual person? And we think of the, the, the healer, or we think of the, the pastor who's built a church of 6,000 in just two years. Is that the most spiritual person? Well, no, maybe it's just the person at the back who loves, who has a... Uh, a spouse with a terminal illness who they selflessly care for. Maybe that person is much more spiritual, much more, wow, a new creation than the most wonderful, gifted preacher. We don't think like that, do we? But, yeah, love is what matters. That is who you should aspire to be like. Wow, I want this to be this really selfless and a loving person. I mean, is that our priority as a church? Yeah? We, maybe, what, what do you think is wrong with our church? I'm sure this church is not perfect. Maybe we should have more songs. Maybe we should have uh, more service. We should do more evangelism. We should have more spiritual gifts. Maybe we should just have more love. Right? Is that what we prioritize? Is that what you pray for, that you would grow in love? that we would grow in love. And these things are not bad things. They're good things. I'm glad that we have music and that we try to reach out and everything, but unless there's love that covers everything, love that's behind everything, it's nothing. 
So we should be, yeah. Love should be our priority. But of course, I want to apply it more specifically to spiritual gifts, because that is why Paul is writing this. So uh, 14 verse 1 continues, uh, uh, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophesy. I mean, if you love people, you do want to have more gifts. uh, Gifts are good, and Paul wants them to, to have more gifts and to use them more, or use them better. But that should be covered by love, which, as we'll hear next week, means that some gifts are more useful than others. Some gifts bring God's word and others don't, those kind of things. But let's go back to next week. Uh, Go back to last week. Because that will, uh, yeah. That's an area we discussed last time. How would love uh, address us as a a diverse church with different gifts? With gifts that Paul wants wants us to use. Well, yeah. Why do you want to use your gifts? That's a good question. You want to do something in church? That's great. But why? Is it uh, for you? I mean, would you like to stand here and, uh, and use your gifts, but mainly to be seen? That can be the case. Not everyone has pure motives. Uh, I know one guy, he really wanted to be a pastor. I know that that's great. But the reason is that his dad was a pastor, and he felt like his dad didn't think much of him. It was just about him and himself and not about love for people. That is not love. Uh, maybe you want to be in the spotlight. Why do you want to use your gift? Is it, is it love? Do you see the people here and you think, oh, what I really need is, is this, this gift. I want to bless them. Love. Or maybe have you considered the needs in the church as you think, I want to have more gifts. I want to serve. Actually, what needs doing? What do these people need? Not, not about you, but think about others first. All right? There aren't always many people who, uh, oh, I really desire the gift of serving coffee. Oh, I want to be able to do PA or projection, those kind of things. We don't think much of those gifts. Actually, they're really useful. And maybe we need a few more people there. Is that something you've considered? And if you haven't considered it, because, nah. Is that out of love that you think, nah? Or is it more about yourself? Or, yeah, if you, maybe you don't want to use your gifts. Maybe you do have gifts, but you're, nah. I don't want to use them because maybe I have to come here earlier, give up an evening. <laughs> right? If you really love, then you, you want to serve. You, you don't seek your own good. You seek the good of others. You seek the good of the people here. And so you, you give yourself in love. Uh, yeah, that, that is what's at the heart of it. And, of course, we have different gifts, and and gifts are useful, and we all need them. But is there love behind it? So, yeah, let's pray about these things. Pray about spiritual gifts. Pray about how you could uh, use them more. But ask God to show you your heart. Is it about love? Is that what's at your your heart? Do you want to serve others in love, or is it just for you? Because in that case... Well, you're nothing, as Paul says. That is, gifts don't matter in the end. Gifts don't last. They're good. They don't last. Love lasts. So let's seek love. Now, I know this is another hard talk, 
I mean, this chapter is a rebuke. I, I hope you do feel rebuked if needed. Uh, but remember, uh, even if you lack love, that's, that's not the end. Uh, we are a Christian church. You're not, you know, uh, if I love enough, then God will like me. And if I love enough, then I'll be with God forever. Now, ultimately, at the heart of the universe is God's love, isn't it? Jesus loves you with a perfect love. And we're going to remember how he loved you. He is love himself, and he is imparting that love to you. As you spend time with Jesus, that is when you will change, and you will become more loving as he makes you in his image. So, yeah, let's search our hearts. Uh, Let's repent of our lack of love, but let's turn to the source of love, not to to our own efforts. Let's turn to Jesus, And, and what a great opportunity we have here when we have communion. So later when we share the Lord's Supper, let's come together and let's encourage each other with Jesus' love as we meet together at the communion table. But why don't we first spend a bit of time and then pray. Father, thank you for your great love, the love that sent your Son uh, to come and die for our sins. Thank you that uh, uh, we love because you loved us first. Father, we, uh, uh, many of us feel convicted. We pray that uh, indeed we would see where we need to change. And yet help us to remember your love, to uh, turn away from ourselves, uh, knowing that we are loved and accepted and forgiven. Father, thank you for the gospel and just pray that it would be seen here, that your love would transform us, make us more loving as a church and indeed that uh, yeah, everyone would know we are your disciples because we love one another. In Jesus' name, amen.